This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. This afternoon at 2.45 in St. John's Harbor, Terry Fox dipped his foot into the waters of the Atlantic Ocean. And one morning I woke up and I couldn't get out of bed that day. They told me I had a malignant tumor and that I had to have my leg amputated in four days. And I decided after my year and a half of chemotherapy that I'd try and run across Canada and raise as much money as I could. Boy, does that ever bring back memories for me. That is the beginning of the Marathon of Hope. The story, of course, of Terry Fox, born in Manitoba, but raised right here in Port Coquitlam. He was 18 years old, just 18, when he was diagnosed with a type of bone cancer, forced to have his right leg amputated just above the knee. And as you heard him say there, after seeing the suffering of patients like him, he decided to organize his Marathon of Hope run across Canada to raise money for cancer research. After 18 months, running more than 5,000 kilometers just to get ready, he started in St. John's, Newfoundland on April 12th of 1980. And you know, it was a little hard for him to get attention in the beginning, but donations did start to pour in. He ran about 42 kilometers a day. It's like a marathon a day is what he was doing uh, through the Atlantic provinces, through Quebec and through Ontario. He had a friend who was there promoting all of this and helping him out while it was going on. That friend is Bill Vigors. He acted as Terry Fox's public relations manager, uh, his confidant, helped him out all along the way. And he is joining us now to talk more about this. Bill, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for uh, talking about Terry. Does that bring back memories for you when you hear that? When I heard that speech, I can stand there and I can actually see him in front of me talking. How did you get to know? How did you meet him? I worked for the Cancer Society. I had just started for them. Uh, I'd only moved from small town Ontario to Toronto. And my boss uh, threw a one-paragraph letter on my desk one day and said, there's a kid running across Canada with one leg. Do you want to go and see what you can do for him? And you said, sure, I will. Yeah, and I, I, I watched him from afar. He had just started in April, and uh, I followed uh, through reports back from the people who were working with him. Uh, things weren't working out very good. Uh, he, I heard he was getting discouraged. He got to Port of Basque. He made $10,000 in that town, which gave him the idea for $1 from each Canadian. And then the first time I talked to him was he had just landed on the mainland in Sheet Harbor, Nova Scotia. And he called me from a payphone. And I said, when you get to Ontario, what do you want to do? And remember, I've just moved to Toronto, small town guy. And he goes, well, I want to go to the Blue Jays game at the CN Tower. I want to meet Bobby Orr. I want to meet Daryl Sittler. And I want to meet Pierre Trudeau. And, of course, I kind of, he couldn't see it. But I, okay. I said, call me back tomorrow, I'll see what I can do. And when he called back the next day from the, another payphone, payphones were cell phones in those days. Yeah. And I said, okay, Sittler's on, the Blue Jays are on, CN Tower is on, uh, Orr's uh, not going to be in Toronto, but he'll find us on the road, and I can't find Trudeau. Now, we did. You find, did manage to make that happen. We did find Mr. Trudeau, and we made that happen, too. So I, what I wanted to do is give him some hope. Yeah. Uh, that you make it as far as here and we'll make it happen. And then I very first met him in Edmonton's, Edmonston, New Brunswick at 4 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I had traveled overnight and I slept in the back of the car. 
and the boys come out of the motel room, and I've used a sleeping bag or a cleaning bag, plastic yeah. cleaning bag as a blanket, and I get out of the back of the car, and the first thing out of Doug Allward, Terry's friend, was, you're the guy from the Cancer Society? <laughs> they were used to guys with suits and ties, and, right. and here I was in T-shirts and the dirty jeans. We know how heroically Terry battled to make this happen. September 1st, 1980 was when Terry Fox ran his last mile for the Marathon of Hope. And, you know, throughout the run and the months before, turns out that Terry had been neglecting his medical appointments because he believed that the cancer wasn't going to come back. But then doctors in Thunder Bay had confirmed that it had spread from his legs to his lungs, and he was left so weak that he was unable to continue on. I remember watching this on the news that night. Here's Terry Fox speaking with reporters on the final day of the Marathon of Hope. And I had noticed a little bit of hardness in breathing. And at the end, near the end of the day, 18 miles, um, I was coughing and choking and had pain in my neck and my chest. And I did three more miles, and I, had to, I decided I had to go see the doctor. And it was discovered then that uh, I had primary, originally I had primary cancer in my knee three and a half years ago. And uh, that the cancer had spread. And now I've got cancer in my lungs. And uh, we got to go home and, tr- and try and do some more treatment. Bill, that must have been such a tough day. A horrible day. Um, but I have to tell you a story to, to tell you what Terry was like. Mm-hmm. Uh, following that uh, press conference, we loaded into the ambulance to head to the airport. And uh, it was myself and mom and dad and a reporter, and uh, needless to say, Mom and Dad were very upset, and at one point, Raleigh started saying, this is so unfair, this is so unfair, this is not right. And Terry looked at him and said, Dad, I'm no different than anybody else. Maybe now people will understand why I did it. And he was concerned that uh, he had be put up on a pedestal as a hero and he realized that people were now going to watch him battle cancer he had told me i had never had anybody in my family prior to that with cancer um and uh, he knew that people were now going to have to watch him go through chemo and radiation and really find out what cancer was all about and yet that was something that I don't think we talked about publicly before. Like people obviously had had cancer and they went through these treatments, but they had to almost like suffer quietly and silently because it wasn't talked about. Yes, exactly. Um, another thing that never happened before, you never saw an amputee in shorts. That was unheard of. And he changed people's attitude on that too. Uh, which brings me to the runs being all around the world. Yeah. In Cuba, about two and a half million people run in the Terry Fox run every March. Really? And I asked once why it was so big in Cuba, and that was the answer, that before they learned about Terry Fox, if you got cancer, it was a taboo subject. You, in that country, you just didn't talk about it. And Terry brought it to the forefront and changed people's attitude. 
We know that Terry passed away from cancer on June 28th, 1981. He was just 22 years old, but you know he's never been forgotten in anyone's minds. The Terry Fox Run, of course, is coming up this weekend, Sunday, September 15th. It's the annual charitable 3K, 10K walk run event. Uh, it's taking place at uh, Separately Park and Sally Park. There's, there's Terry Fox Runs everywhere, aren't there? Terry Fox Runs everywhere. They're all around the world. And uh, I am so honored to be at English Bay this year. That's where he planned to put his leg into the ocean. He was going to continue on to Victoria. Yeah. But for me, it's I've never been there for the run because I'm always at some place at another run. And to be there, and again, I would be remiss if I did not mention that Izzy Sharp, the founder of Four Seasons, sent Terry Fox a letter in 1980 saying, Terry, I'm going to organize an annual run until we can find a cure. Are you good with this? And Terry was still alive. It was actually in November of 1980. Yeah. And that's how the run started. And here in Vancouver, the English Bay Run has been run for 39 years by the staff volunteers um, at, at, the, at the Four Seasons here. That's and, amazing. And, and I have to say thank you. And I have to say thank you to all the volunteers who make all of these runs happen. And I also want to say specifically a thank you to teachers because Terry's legacy is alive today because they've been able to use Terry as a teaching tool, as perseverance, Mm -hmm. honesty, sincerity, that one person can make a difference. But that's always been the case. I was in grade three at Clovedale Elementary when the Marathon of Hope was happening. And we talked about Terry Fox in class every day. Uh, you know, watching it, keeping track of him. Where is he today? And it's, it seems like it's always been that way. There's something he struck a chord with kids. It's always been very integrated into the schools to talk about Terry Fox. He related to children better than adults, uh, even on the run. Really? Um, on the run, my, my children at the time, who were eight and nine years old, accompanied us from Montreal to Thunder Bay. And he, at the end of the day, would spend a lot of time just playing with them. Uh, One time in Sault Ste. Marie, we came back to the main hotel, and uh, we had to leave him and Doug out at a small motel on the highway, and my eight-year-old son was nowhere to be found. And uh, we called the motel. Doug comes to the phone, and he said, uh, Terry hid Patrick under the bed until you guys left. They've gone fishing. Such great stories that you have there. Is are you ha- like you must be happy to know that the, his memory is still thirty nine years later, still so vivid for people. It, it is. It's um, it's amazing how his story, his legacy has continued. Again, I go to another run in in China. I was there three years ago. Eight thousand Chinese students wearing the same shirt that was here in Canada, except in Chinese. And for me to talk to them and for them to tell me how Terry affected them and how much they respected him. And uh, he's the perfect Canadian hero, self-effacing, humble, and uh, a guy who just went out and did it. Well, Bill, thanks for helping us remember him in this unique way today. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. And I have to say, it's probably going to rain Sunday. <laughs> Shouldn't deter anybody if that no, happens. No, he could run in the snow and the sleet and the rain and just, you'll get a little wet, but have a fun time. There are so many runs across British Columbia 
go to one. Thank you. And that is, on that note, excellent advice. If you want to head to the one that Bill's going to be at, which is uh, down at English Bay, uh, registration opens at 8 a.m. The run begins at 10. Check it out online for more information. Bill, thank you so much. Thank you.